Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Hello and welcome to Kith and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall. It's better than a sponge bath from a horny beaver teen. <laughs> we will be review- <laughs> we'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like What are your thoughts on Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II? <laughs> and my favorite game, Diaper or Speedo. <laughs> I am Stuart DC in Vancouver, Canada, and I am joined by Kalina McCorough in London, England. Why can't I have some privacy? <laughs> On side of it in Prince Rupert, Canada. There, there, my sovereign. (laughs) (laughs) And Trevor Record in Vancouver, Canada. I need a friend. I need a pal. I need a buddy. (laughs) So, today we'll be reviewing episode 9 of season 4, which aired on December 30th, 1993. Let's kick off with our sketch rundown. We've got... Chalet 2000! That's it! (laughs) (laughs) That's... That's it. So I don't really have segments for this because it's just Chalet 2000. I see. I envision this more as like a free for all. Yeah. And to pour a little, uh, as my RCMP friend said when I was growing up, accelerant onto this trash fire. <laughs> Why well, didn't like it very Ooh. much? Now we were talking Ooh. about this in the past, and you guys bring this up as like one of the indispensable kith experiences. I hadn't seen it, or if I have, I'd mm. largely forgotten it. Yeah. And uh, I. I didn't hate it, but it didn't really land for me. What do you... You guys seem to really enjoy it when we were going through it together. What do you think? This was equally my first time uh, watching it, I, or or perhaps the first time I, I remember it so vividly. And I do wonder if... if I didn't know Shally 2000 was a thing and had gone to the episode if I had been waiting for the, for the rest of the episode to go on. But man, I, I mean, good props to Scott for getting this whole thing shoved in, uh, <laughs> apparently after some sort of spectacular tantrum. But uh, the camera work, even to just like get him and the queen in the same scene, I, it, I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I was mad, mad props. But I mean, in terms of the content, um, let me just say, uh, obviously a lot of people have seen The Crown, um, there, there are, the UK culture secretary um, has been planning to write to Netflix and request a health warning so that viewers are aware that the, it's a historical drama is just a work of a fiction. And I really hope that um, the same <laughs> is done for this because <laughs> the scandal, my friends, the scandal. That's how Christmas goes down every year in Canada, just for people watching it. At if home. only the British population knew that back in the mid 90s, their sovereign had an affair with with a drunk <laughs> beaver named Castor. Now, yeah. I have I had this uh, quip fired up, and I, I had to fight clean it for it. But like, <laughs> let's first of all acknowledge that Scott Thompson is a better queen than Olivia Coleman. Much I mean, better, ooh. hands down. No, no question, hands as far down. as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, Spice. Yeah, I feel like I, first of all, I don't know that I 100% enjoy this sketch those two it's more like mm. this is like james joyce's ulysses and the pleasure <laughs> isn't in reading it but 
like just talking about it with other people mm, who read it. It's right. the it's the discourse. Mm, yes, well, mm. that'll be good thing we have a podcast where we can discourse at. Wait, life. but then what does that um, say about me that I just genuinely enjoyed every bit of it? Because like, I, I, am I someone well, who enjoys Ulysses? Because those people tell, are fucking assholes. I want to. You, I mean, your your beard suggests that you might, <laughs> along with some sort of terrible moonshine. Have any of you guys read Infinite Jest? <laughs> oh my god, the fucking David Foster Wallace stands are yes. the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I didn't like it. I'm glad it exists. It's so strange, but it's just I didn't think it was the funniest material they've put together. It feels like there's a couple lulls in well, it. Well, I mean, me. it's just like it's extremely, extremely campy. I mean. You yes. you need I mean, you need with... Rip Taylor coming out of an ice yeah. block telling bad <laughs> jokes and throwing confetti. Which uh, did we actually ever see him throw confetti in the sketch? I I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see any he confetti. The and then in yeah he had the mackerel. But then in reading about the uh, the making of the sketch earlier before we recorded, they were talking about how Rip was mad that he didn't have enough confetti, and none of the confetti even made it into the episode. So, you know, <laughs> I think that explains why there might be some regrets over the production of this. I, but it's I just extremely like... campy, and I, I, I don't know, I loved every second of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the Rip Taylor thing is like, at the end, Scott is essentially doing like two jokes in once. Uh, he's he's mm. first of all the joke is that Rip Rip Taylor is 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 a caveman basically <laughs> yes uh, yeah. an ancient gay but the second yeah. one is I think he's sort of I think he, I think he's making fun of himself like by drawing kind of a comparison between his buddy character and the the Rip Taylor persona you know mm. yeah he's definitely ha- trying to have his cake and eat it too by I mean it was Scott's choice to have Rip Taylor in this sketch and yet as Rip Taylor's doing his bit buddy is like I'm so superior to this oh Rip oh like you know and he's having it both ways I feel like it's an acknowledgement though because it's like look a a little Rip Taylor goes a long way and the same could be said for (laughs) for the buddy monologues and a half hour buddy monologue is a lot Trevor we paid we paid money to watch a two hour buddy monologue (laughs) (laughs) he sat on my lap and demanded my wife peg me (laughs) speaking of so things we know about scott he seems to really he he talked to us after we uh we saw his show and he seemed to really resent the fact that he does buddy because he was like i'm not that kind of person people expect me to be extra campy but that's not really who i am but i'm like but you just you paid (laughs) to see a show that you were putting on or you camped it up Mm. i think he just likes to to argue honestly can can i take a step back for just a moment and like can we give a quick quick recap of what chalet 2000 is for anyone who's listening to this episode but for some reason has not seen the 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 episode well, the quickest. I think before of recaps, we do, yeah. I just I would I would I would stress that you just go on the CBC Gems and watch it, episode yeah. nine, season four. Just go and I don't know, take a bunch of PCP beforehand and just have a weird time. I'm pretty sure then, the whole thing is also on YouTube as well. Yeah. I, yeah. And if you've seen Encino Man, I mean it's practically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure, Colleen. <laughs> is it because there's a caveman in it? Is that what's getting you? No, yeah, no. It's just it's just that there's there's a, a man in a block of ice, and then it's. Paul- <laughs> I was like, this. It's not at all fish out of water. What Look, are you doing? it's Brandon <laughs> Fraser and Polly Shore, and it's delightful. Oh my god, I've seen it. In- okay, whatever. <laughs> Next episode. They both had dogs in it. It's exactly like Oliver. <laughs> also, Sam Ganji's in it. What? Uh, what's the name? The Sean guy Bean? that played. 
Yeah, yeah, it's Sean Bean. That's not Samwise GMG. That's Boromir. You're thinking of uh, oh, yeah. Sean Astin. That's the guy. My second favorite Hobbit. All right. <laughs> Whatever, a Sean. Uh, <laughs> I did one. <laughs> a Sean. Uh, I really like the way Mark McKinney's lanky Dean oh, yes. said territories. Oh, <laughs> he really reminded me of John Oliver the entire time. Every time lanky Dean popped up, I was like, oh, John Oliver's here. Like, it reminds me that the kids were friends with Mike Myers for a long time because the lanky Dean English accent is the same as Mike Myers's Austin Powers accent. It's like the exact same thing. I mean, I mean, I think it's because it's a it's a Cockney mm. British yeah. accent <laughs> and that there's many people in the world who speak that way is he doing cockney yeah, yeah. well i mean okay. he's doing his attempt at a cockney accent yes he's at least consistent mark does good characters yeah i mean like i i did i did i will say millennial snowflake moment uh the, 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 beginning, <laughs> the beginning tabloids and like i know it wasn't a secret but the the bulimia jokes were a real moment Mm. Oh, that was brutal. I also noticed, so I've watched this twice this morning because I watched it ahead of time and I watched it with you guys. Um, Mark's lanky Dean opens it like <laughs> he has this weird meta commentary. It was like, bet it'll end with me. I've only got 17 lines and here's five of them and I end up getting buggered in the end. Yeah, yeah and it was like, okay, so he knows how the whole thing goes. I don't know. It was That felt to me very Monty Python derivative. Like... Um, when it cuts to oh god what's the name of the woman who plays um sybil in faulty towers uh it was john cleese's actual wife but she was in one of the monty python sketches and someone cuts her up she's like but it's my only line and she's not in the rest of the episode <laughs> can we give a quick recap though i really want just to give a quick <laughs> oh yeah sorry i got distracted Please i mean Stu, maybe you this is your episode i was gonna say Stu, do you want to give a quick recap i'm willing and able if not i want to hear what hans has to say well honestly. i just want to keep it extremely brief so the general okay. concept of this whole episode is the queen is frustrated by you know the incessant scandals that are plaguing her royal family. And the latest one is someone has somehow taken a picture of her butt while she was on the toilet and she needs to escape from all the press. And so she decides to go to the Northwest Territories to Chalet 2000 where Buddy is hanging out for the longest night of the year, which is like a whole day of night that uh, is only 15 seconds of sunshine. She gets there where she meets Buddy, his two manservants, Sinbad and Rebel. Um, they're like lazy assistant Pieter uh, played by uh, Paul Bellini um, Francois and uh, Jacques the two fur Jacques. traders um, a frozen block, block of ice that Jacques has ironically uh, pulled up while ice fishing <laughs> and then uh, Buddy's adopted beaver son Castor uh, <laughs> they arrive there uh, Buddy tries to set up an affair with between the queen and Castor uh, the journalist, or the tabloid journalist from England follows uh, the Queen to Chalet 2000. His name is Lanky Dean. He emerges from the tub just at the moment of climax um, to snap photos of the Queen in Castor. The Queen runs off into the night uh, and is uh, about to freeze when, uh, you know, Buddy on his sleigh with Castor pulled through the air by Rebel and uh, by Rebel and God, what's his name? Rebel Sinbad. 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 Um, find the queen, rescue her. Buddy uh, Castor slaps Lanky Dean across the face <laughs> with his whip smart tail. They bind him up. Uh, Sinbad and Rebel then have sex with him. 
and Rip Taylor emerges from the block of ice and and tells bad jokes. And that's the that's the sketch and the episode. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's what we that's what we did for half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so I do encourage people watch that, but that was the gist of it in case you didn't. It for some reason like both seems like it takes 2 hours and takes 10 <laughs> minutes at the same time. Yes. I don't know how to describe it. Time does not exist. Yeah. It's kind of like lockdown. Yeah. Oh, it, God. It drags and at the same time just goes by whip fast. You know what? That's a great. That's well, because there's a lot of plot development. Is the thing. Well, the other thing right? is it's just it's, like... it's joke dense in a way that a buddy monologue sort of is. Like a buddy monologue generally mm. tries to get, if not a full laugh, at least a chuckle every other line, kind of. And I think this whole sketch goes for that as well, which is the, like, the, which is yeah. what probably what makes it feel kind of exhausting because it's like it's just constantly trying to pull laughs out of you and they don't always la- they don't always land but it also i mean goes by pretty quick i get the sense that's like although clearly scott is running this show everyone else is like i have to have some role in this so you just get like these weird cutaways where kevin and dave are playing the french fur trappers and it has no place <laughs> in the rest of it but <laughs> you have to have some kevin and dave so oh my god the ending too I, is so yes i weird. love that i love that the is this soup gonna help world peace and he's like no it's pea soup francois <laughs> no, and it was no, just, that one's lame i i do it, like the one where he says he's gonna go go into town and have sex with a woman and then bathe for the first time in, in three, three months. months. He's like, oh, do it the other way around. You were always so good at treating the ladies. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love, what will you do with your money, uh, Francois? Well, I, I've always wanted to learn how to speak French. <laughs> it'll go with your accent yeah exactly um let's talk about let's talk about small moments you like because yes. this is one of the reasons i wasn't huge into it is i feel like they were doing a, like you know it's a big concept premise but the concept itself i didn't think premise. is that funny the, the parts that made me laugh out premise made me laugh out loud were all the little moments like uh there's a moment where he scott's describing Day night, night day, day night, Whatever. and oh. it cuts to. <laughs> I walked right into that one. You did. It cuts to Sinbad and Rebel, and they go yay, and then go back to <laughs> yes. standing surly yes. in their crop top, chainmail, and fur diapers. And like, I loved that little moment. Yes. Did, did anything jump out to you guys that really tickled you? I'll go last and say everything that you guys don't say. So uh, the rest of you should lead this off. Okay. I did at the very start like when Jacques and Francois say, you know, it's ironic because when you're ice fishing, you're not actually fishing for ice, but rather fishing through the ice for fish. And then they try to tell him the story of how they got the ice. And it's just a flashback to them sitting in their ice fishing hut saying the exact same line. It was so stupid, but it worked <laughs> really well. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> You're like, shut up, Karina, I, moving on. No, I, I, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I asked. <laughs> I like the collection of, you know, just explanationless people in the chalet. Like, I mean, obviously, there, there's you've got Sinbad and uh, Rebel. But then, like... Rebel. Rebel, yeah. Um, then you've got, like, Paul Bellini 
as like this later hosen wearing like very <laughs> lazy manservant that like kind of will just get up very slowly and hit a gong and there's no explanation for can, it either. can i like... call out one extra part of that which is that when they go through the credits at the beginning of the of yes. the episode they're like starring scott thompson is buddy cole dave foley is jock whatever when they get to paul bellini as pierre they don't credit him as paul bellini they credit him as hans von hans... Beldenkoop. Um, yeah. <laughs> for no reason. He's the only character that is not actually credited properly. Why is he named Pierre if he's like clearly either like Swiss or German or Swiss German or whatever? No, too. They say he's Swiss. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't believe you're Swiss. <laughs> it's very dumb. Because it's, I don't know, it's time to hate the Swiss. Actually, yeah, I shouldn't say enough. he's not the only person credited because also uh, Scott her credits Majesty. himself as Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth <laughs> as herself, yes. which is great. I don't understand why Scott has dreads in this as Buddy, but sure. I did really, really like the Arctic cape. Yes, yeah, the fur cape yeah. is great. Yeah. Okay, should I, I mean, pick up the scraps here, uh, or do you have did, more? Did, did you have anything <laughs> else, Trev? Oh, I mean, like, I, that was one of the things I wanted to particularly bring up, but uh, I, I'm happy to let Hans defend it, and we'll see. This is really a Hans versus Stu episode. Take it away! <laughs> yeah! Okay, so we start off with the Queen deciding she's going to go to Chalet 2000, and then we get introduced to Lanky mm -hmm. Dean, who has been undercover in the Queen's bedchamber as one of the heads that holds her crowns, and just like pops up with a whole table on, on his shoulders, and is like, ah, we gotta get to the, mm -hmm. the Northwest Tortoise, and whatever, which is just like a weird and hilarious way to start <laughs> the, uh, his introduction. I need to, I need to touch your your Cockney accent. Oh, it was very because bad. It sounded yeah. somewhere. It was transatlantic. <laughs> yeah. By way of like the Canadians from South Park, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, oh God, what are those two Canadians called? Uh, Terrence and Philip. Terrence and Philip. Philip and Terrence. It was Philip and Terrence. Is what it really was. Yeah. Um, so it starts off strong with that. Then when Jacques and Francois appear at the cabin. I don't know why, but I just love Buddy greeting them with like, Jacques, Francois, quel surprise, <laughs> which was just, I don't know, very delightfully <laughs> delivered. The names Rebel and Sinbad are great for these two manservants. Yes. Paul Bellini <laughs> not being credited with his actual, actual name for no reason whatsoever is wonderful. Um, but also just the production value of the huge ice block was like impressive. Like that's a, that's a quite a hefty yeah. prop. Well done prop department. <laughs> but we know they'll throw money at props. Well, apparently. Oh. know this. Just Fuck. <laughs> You taxpayer! <laughs> I, I love that the beaver's oh, name wait, wait, wait. is Castor. Uh, continue. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no 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 no! Sorry, that had a really good point. It just uh, we you said fuck you, and I was like, uh, oh, this also you. features one of my screw you taxpayer. But this yeah. does have a good f bomb where he's like, uh, why don't you have some of this wheel fat uh, seal fat soup? Like, <laughs> oh yes. no, I can't eat seal that. fin soup. Yeah. He's like, well, yeah, why not? He's like, I'm a vegetarian. You fuck you, you frogs <laughs> yeah that's right um yeah castor as like a just a drunk belligerent like he's bobby terrence as a beaver named castor which is great like i imagine that this is bobby terrence ran away which is all why... he can eat is lucky charms and beer and beer <laughs> he ran away from home and then got adopted by buddy became a beaver and now he's castor I, that's that's my no no canon. he was orphaned i thought it was yeah, same dip. his parents were killed by an uncaring government oh that's right oh yeah. okay that's one of my other favorite bits is when francois then starts crying when he's presented with the concept of an uncaring government um he's just so like the concept is so sad to him that he starts crying um delivering the table grace for lunch, uh, addressing it to Paul Lind and hoping that we can all within reason help us maintain the standards of the center square. 
uh, was a delightful thing. That is a good line. Um, and they say amen like Paul Lane, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> yes, exactly. When the queen arrives and is crying onto Buddy's shoulder and he says, there, there, my sovereign. Um, just the idea of consoling yeah. a, the sovereign is was delightful. Uh, Castor giving the queen uh, a, a back rub in the bath with his like weird yellow finger, furry hands and yellow oh. fingernails. And then the two of them Jeez. like fully kissing on the mouth like that they really locked some lips on that uh on they that went kiss for there. it I they went for that. it uh you know brown makeup running down his face and all oh um, god let's see what else uh the queen talking about how being adopted is such a gift because you were chosen and as you know real children are such a bother uh which is great <laughs> at her own children um mm-hmm. the lead into the kiss where castor just suggests may i suggest a big horny kiss uh, <laughs> was great. Um, his it, Castor's tail flapping excitedly as they're really getting into it was delightful. Mm-hmm. Lanky Dean just popping out of the bath and scuba deer as, in, as, as if he's been in the bath the entire time somehow unnoticed. Oh, two physical comedy things. One, Dave has a really good uh, pratfall when the bench collapses. Yes. He does a full roll off it, which is great. And when Lanky Dean pops up in the bath, he's wearing a wetsuit but no pants, like yes. just the top of it. Yes. And I loved that. Yes, he's well. He's wearing like swim trunks. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, the dog team is a single terrier at first, which is a nice little detail. Oh, um, I before didn't catch it's the terrier. By, yeah, and then it's replaced by Rebel and Sinbad, who can just suddenly fly for no reason. Um, I love as they're flying when Sinbad says, "Flying turns me on, Rebel," and then Rebel says, <laughs> "Me too." <laughs> <Which is just laughs> unnecessary. Um, they were the highlights of this episode. They for were me, fantastic. Honestly. They're fucking great. They're so good. Um, Shout out to Rebel and Sinbad. Uh, yeah, uh, played by we can actually say their real names here: uh, David Duranovich mm-hmm. and Dayo Ade. Um, ah, good job, you. you, you good two. job, boys. Uh, the fact who that who played Santa? Dave. That was Dave. What was that, Dave? I'm pretty tell. sure that was Dave. Um, and so the idea that Santa running into them in in the air and asking Buddy why he hasn't called and they've clearly had an affair and then Buddy brushes him off. Also fantastic. Um, I loved at the very end when uh, Lanky Dean is being told that he demands his freedom of the press and it's just, I, hey, I demand my freedom of the press and then it's just, whoop job with, with the beaver tail. <laughs> uh, was delightful. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Rip Taylor showing up at the end for no reason is delightful. Uh, Buddy being all over it is great. And then the Jock with the pea soup, uh, a great, a great, like, not that, oh, like the opposite a of a cold open, ending. like a cold close, like a cold <laughs> pea soup. Uh, and that's why I love still. this episode. Every part of it was great. <laughs> okay. Really? I, I appreciate it more knowing how it worked for you because I just was like, it felt more bizarre than funny per se to me. But I mean, I can understand why you and I have different opinions on it because I love mm. over the top. Like, I love it when a joke doesn't pretend that it's too cool. Like, I love it when they're just like, this is extremely stupid and now you have to watch it. And I'm like, yeah, please, more, more gruel. Excellent. You know? More. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, you like folks. taste and, you know, humor, That's whatever. That's the only time in my recent memory someone said I had taste. That's great. <laughs> Um, you know, thinking about it, so a little, little background for people who are not in our cult, but over Christmas, we had a little uh, project going on where we would check in over Twitch or streams or simultaneously stream things, and we had a movie advent calendar. Mm. 
and we'd watch various movies or her Christmas specials leading up to the holidays. And one of our friends suggested we watch the Pee Wee Herman Christmas special, which is just a campy kaleidoscope nightmare and has a lot in common with this Shall kind of energy. Yeah. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen it. What are some of the parallels? Oh, I said I've never seen it. What are some of the parallels? Oh my god. It, it's. All I mean, Grace Jones stars. shows up yeah. and does a sexy dance and for, like. For a children's show, Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse is extremely gay as well. I did not know that until I watched this special. It is campy <laughs> as hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, the person who, who streamed it was like, you need to think of Pee Wee Herman as a drag queen playing a drag king. Ooh, right. that's an interesting like, right. Okay, yeah, okay. there you go. It's almost like so uh, much of yeah. our culture is just, uh, you know, gay culture like snuck into the straights because like we couldn't accept it if it was like face value <laughs> yeah but also being like ah, i don't want any of those i think mark has a comment in his lanky dean as like a bunch of homoerotic overtones <laughs> that's at the end when he's about to get buggered yes i mean i guess it's worth maybe talking about some of the like there is some like not great uh you know, I don't know, vibes in this. Like, it, it kind of implies mm. that uh, that uh, Lanky Dean is getting uh, raped, essentially, by Rebel and, uh, and yeah. Sinbad, which is not great. And also, Buddy just kind of, like, pushing Bruce's castor, who is, like, his ward, his, you know, his adopted son. And he's kind of, like, pushing him to go have an affair with the queen was a little, eh, it's a little uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah. you know? I sus- so we found an AV Club interview uh, with the kids in the hall, and they they briefly talk about some of the the background to to this particular sketch <laughs> in the context of things you regret. But <laughs> they were saying that it was like a three hour script initially, and Scott was changing <laughs> things on set. So I maybe some of the parts just were longer and then got cut or reshuffled or something. Yeah, entirely possible. I mean, considering how little a role Rip Taylor has in this sketch in the end. Apparently, he was on set for an entire week, so it kind of tells you how shambolic the production of this must have been. Oh, I love that, too. And Scott's just like, he stayed for a week. <laughs> for, like, 15 seconds. Um, one one point of order, or clarification, whatever the hell you want to call it. I'm with you. It is kind of lame that they have, like, putative rape for Lanky Dean mm. being a, a nosy propaganda, not propaganda, paparazzi. But uh, he seems kind of into it because he, he's like, you're all very attractive people. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and I know I shouldn't speculate, but when we read some of the uh, the book about the kids, it's saying, well, one's gay and one's bi. And we, we speculated wildly that it was Kevin, but I'm like, maybe it was Mark. I thought we speculated wildly that it was Dave. You thought it was, oh, it's just because he's pretty. Oh, he's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him yeah. being several of them. I don't. I don't know no. that we need to to speculate on the podcast. We don't. I just. I had that moment. Where I was like, you know, Mark seems pretty comfortable. I. I admire that about Mark. Uh, you know. I. I mean, Stu and I did have Scott Thompson once question our queer credentials to our faces. Uh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. We. <laughs> he. He had uh, gatekeeping about dick sucking. That was great. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about this publicly womp, womp. on the on the podcast. Oh no! Well, because we were afraid of him, but <laughs> yeah. I think he's, he's been. Oh, we're there. still afraid of him. Yeah, I'm afraid. We're still we're still terrified. <laughs> Don't yell at us, <laughs> Never we meet keep, your heroes and all we, that. Yeah. We keep going back and forth about whether to try uh, entice him onto the show. I mean, obviously, with like full recognition that like we are but peasants to him. 
but uh he said he would do it i know he said he I, would but, do it. but that's he what, didn't want to be the first one think, he's like go get kevin first that's why it's so scary though because he, if he does we're just gonna have to sit here and get lashings for about an hour or two <laughs> no i think i think we have to we have to gird our loins I'm scared. And, and just keep him in line I'm so scared from I... all the interviews i read with him it sounds like he'll just he'll try to take up all the space you have so you gotta you gotta be on it speaking of yeah. scott taking up all the space um <laughs> so obviously this is a scott vehicle and he got he managed to you know tantrum his way into getting the whole episode for his bit <laughs> does do we are we aware of any other like scott episode like this like obviously there's like pickles which is a bruce thing or i mean i'm trying sausages to sausages later yeah oh wait is yeah what's the difference between pickles and sausage? i guess pickles is like a lead up to sausages isn't it yeah like they're not mm-hmm. like I don't is pickles I don't think pickles is a whole uh, episode but sausages isn't is. this isn't this the first whole, whole episode, episode I think it may sketch. be yeah exactly and so I don't I don't think yeah. Mark yeah we've had longer ones before like well certainly Kevin never gets an Mark... entire sketch or an entire episode to himself you know? oh my god <laughs> can you imagine no. Woo! Um, uh, I don't. I don't think Dave does. So I mean, it's pretty rare that they they a whole kid gets an entire episode, and and for Scott to be the first one mm-hmm. is kind of uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I I feel like this might have been a pushback because of Girl Sex Squad or Sex Girl Squad was mm. like something that he felt excluded by. So they're like, fine, you get a whole mm. episode. <laughs> that, that was maybe the the precipitating <laughs> tantrum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Oh, I love Sex Girl Sex Girl Patrol. Yes, that's the one. Se- I, it was very hard to remember the name of it after we watched <laughs> like three episodes ago. <laughs> very <laughs> recently. Uh, all right, any, anything else that you wanted to point out that you had thoughts on? I mean... Kalina, you've been kind of wishy-washy about this. You... Yeah, I don't know. I okay, So it's I, I don't hate it. I I don't feel like I would... I would longingly hope to watch it again anytime soon i probably wouldn't share it with someone else i think you're totally right on the point that it's it's just it's a piece of canon that you've got to know if you're gonna like kids in the hall and so i did feel kind of silly that i hadn't seen it before but i knew it was coming up so i held off because i wanted that sort of surprise factor and like i guess it it didn't disappoint and maybe like the joke to me now again like i mentioned the beginning is like that the crown has gotten like such shit and i don't know how many people in the mm. uk would know that something like this exists you know and i and i feel like just for the shock value it should be disseminated <laughs> but i've got to find a pseudonym to do this <laughs> i've got a new purpose in life you, you need to uh <laughs> you need to be like actually you need to sell it to british people by being like oh you know there's actually a canadian interpretation of the crown, <laughs> the crown that you will find really interesting like like just sort of slide it under the they wire they actually base the crown on yeah, this yeah, yeah. i've got it when we release when we release this episode i'll run a full press twitter campaign <laughs> talking about the new season of the oh, crown yeah. for like a week leading up to it and then i'll just post the youtube video oh, <laughs> so yeah. crown viewers yeah. can really get i like that fix. i think that's because it, it, it will work out timing wise too because the latest season of the crown i don't watch the crown but i understand it kind of covers like diana's scandals and stuff like that which this season takes place or this Shally 2000 takes place in 93 yeah. so it would like it would yeah. fit yeah, the, the timeline true. as the next natural season of the crown you know when, when the queen takes a break and goes has an affair with with a with a beaver <laughs> that, that, that better be included in the next season of the crown <laughs> in, yeah the crown oh, yeah. <laughs> this is revisionism <laughs> beaver erasure the culture secretary won't know what to say 
I'm, I'm ready to shake up government here, guys. And Kalina was deported. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, they're not allowing anyone to leave the country because of lockdown. So let's do it. Good. (laughs) Yeah, but maybe you can get, uh, you can, you can be sentenced to transportation. That would be nice for us. If they shipped you off in a box to come back to us. On an ice flow to Canada. (laughs) But at least it would be a British ice flow, not one of those Norwegian ice flows. <laughs> Which are bullshit. They cut to the corner. It's like those oh, fjords. Guys. That's the nicest thing you've ever said. Shit me off in a crate. <laughs> okay. Get, get fucked. <laughs> Deport Kalina. Deport Kalina. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I like the way Kalina put it. I'm trying to. I've been desperately trying to think of a pop culture reference, but I haven't spoken to another human in about three weeks, <laughs> so my language skills have eroded. Uh, but it's one of those things that, like, we talk about Chalet 2000 in the, like, must-sees. So it's, it's it'd be like one of those bands that was in the scene but kind of sucked, but were, like, really influential. Because, I like, I don't know. It's, it's, I want to say the Pixies, but the Pixies are actually kind of You know good. what it is, Stu? It's, it's when a band, it, when, it, when there's a band that's kind of, like, a little bit, out, not quite outside of mainstream, but, like, popular but not super, super well-known. And, and someone's getting into the albums, and then you're, in, and you're introducing them, and then you're like, okay... So you you definitely need to listen to this album because it affects a lot of their later stuff. It's like their experimental album. You may not like it, but like you kind of have yeah. to listen to it so you can understand how they got <laughs> from from like their popular stuff into this weird shit that they did a little bit later. You know, it's the transition piece. If you're an incorrigible hipster and you're like, <laughs> it's unpleasant to listen to, so it's better. Amma Gumma is actually I, the best Pink Floyd This, this yeah, is exactly. pretty much like the I, Into I, the Doors sketch, really. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Into the doors. I feel you gotta you gotta take this sketch. You gotta put it on YouTube. You gotta get into a fast car, steal it. Then you gotta drive to the. Yeah, yeah it's definitely like I don't think it'll make. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I guess Hans, I'm I'm speaking for everyone but you. But like, it's not gonna make many of our end of Kith like must watch lists. But it will be adjacent mm. as canon. I just I don't know. People have mentioned to me, oh, Chalet 2000, like just sort of. I'll, I'll say that I watch Kids in the Hall or that we have the podcast. It comes up a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you do a Google search for Chalet 2000, one of the first things that comes up that isn't just like a, you know, IMDB or whatever else is a, like a listing of the best Kids in the Hall episodes from the AV Club where Chalet 2000 is listed, right? So it's like, I think mm-hmm. it is widely considered to be one of the better ones just because of how ambitious it was, if nothing else, right? There's a lot of stuff in it. Like, it's implied that Buddy had a gay relationship with Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a beaver and tries like to have we'll... sex with the queen. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, we also watched an interview where Bruce bitched about this and apparently scott was like you're not selling the beaver hard enough he's like the beaver wants to fuck the queen what do you want from me i mean we haven't really talked about that but we did find an article where the kids were having an interview and talking about how much they regretted this episode including scott but it sounded like they didn't like um regret so much the output as the process that was required to put into it because it apparently was incredibly painful and took forever and was just and scott was a monster i'm sure during from, the entire from, production. from the tone i got from it they were all complaining about basically scott being in his own world and constantly changing the plot and being very critical with them and he basically was still sore that they didn't do as good of a job as he <laughs> yeah. wanted them to do <laughs> yeah you know what i really you're all useless i'm going to hannibal 
I really want to just start paying uh, Dave and Kevin to do cameos that are just us asking them very specific questions about their creative process. Like, don't address us. Please just tell us this one. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're going we're gonna to pay for an interview in one minute intervals. Yeah, you know like, what? Ask three questions. I'm all right with it. Yeah. That's really cute. Kevin will do it. All right. Closing thoughts. <laughs> anything we haven't talked about? Anything you wanted to point out? I mean, I, I just will always be, uh, I will always laud the kids in the hall for having so much explicitly gay content on a major network, it, you know, in the early 90s. Like, yeah. no one else was doing this. It's, it every you know, whether you thought the episode was a hit or a miss, it's always impressive that they managed to get this kind of shit on the air. And, uh, you know, bravo, hats off to the, hats off to them for that. As much as we dunk on that new uh, intro video where they're at a cool warehouse mm. party, they do seem like they'd be fun to party with. Not mm -hmm. in the same way of like, SNL, let's go hit the town, but like, I could absolutely slum it with the kids in the hall and just have a blast. Oh, yeah. I hated it when I first saw it because I hated Scott's haircut, but it's growing mm. on me. Have I told you guys how <laughs> I have now, <laughs> I've now had multiple dreams where I have been traveling with or hanging out with or perhaps doing questionable things with the whole cast. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. No. oh. You More like oh, Kalina. Kalina. What were you Kalina. doing with Paul Bellina? Bellini Kalina. That's their that's their couple name, Bellina. Bellina. <laughs> yeah. But how much Milka was involved, K Town? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. But I will say, my my brain has created some lovely parties where they are just delightful people, and I hold on to that. And no Aww. one no yeah. one can take that away from me. <laughs> Did you touch sex boy? Help sex boy. <laughs> I I mean I, I cannot confirm nor deny that I touched Bellini. <laughs> uh, side effects of Kith and Tell Me include sexual nightmares. <laughs> a ghost. Oh, they're better than the zombie dreams, but you know. We'll go on from that. <laughs> Which are also sexual, I assume. <laughs> and re <laughs> recurring, my goodness. Kalina is Tina Belcher. I was going to say. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> it fits. It fits. And then they all touch bones. <laughs> all right. Well, that sounds like that's about it for episode 9 Chalet 2000 Review Mega Mix. Join us next week for episode 10, which will be hosted by Trevor. Well. In the meantime, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at KithAntelPod. Weigh in on your favorite sketch. Enjoy some delightful gifts. Gifts, gifts, gifts. Thanks for gifts. listening to Kith and Tell. Everyone says bye. Bye. <laughs> Everyone follows stage directions. <laughs>